Hello everyone and welcome to Isle of Time. This week we are chatting with Casey Grieve from Sobra Massa Beer, a new blendery and fermentary here in Melbourne. Really fun to learn all about what he's up to uh, and, and the, the future plans for the brand. In the meantime, this is coming out slightly later than we anticipated, just due to everything else happening at once at the end of the year. Uh, so apologies for that. And we do mention that we we're doing a live show uh, at the end, but we've already done it. So you missed out and it was a lot of fun. But we will probably do some other ones in the new year with the team. Uh, we'll probably release some audio from that as well, maybe on Christmas Day or, or sometime over the New Year's as well. In the meantime, enjoy this chat with Casey and uh, yep, check out his new collaboration which has just come out with Common Folk Coffee. We talk a lot about that as well. So yeah, stay tuned for the chat and uh, we'll see you next time. Oh, I guess Happy New Year, Merry Christmas. Uh, congratulations on making it through 2020 and let's all get stronger next year. Cheers everyone. Hello everyone uh, out there in YouTube and podcast land, hope you're all doing wonderfully out there uh, and I'll introduce uh, my good friend and co-host Dave, how are you going? Very well, how about you? Good thanks, I've had a pretty good day, I went and checked out uh, Range Range Brewing today here at Abbott in, oh, yeah. in Melbourne, their new tap room, uh, it was good, that's my summary. How about this, how about introduce a guest, I don't want to... That's, Go back to the range and hear a bit about it. That's what I was going to do. Uh, Casey Grieve from Sobra Mesa. Yeah, that's correct. I don't think it's got a question mark at the end, does it? <laughs> how you doing? I'm, I'm not very confident with my, my Spanish. Uh, oh, good, thanks, Casey. How are you going? Yeah, very well, thanks. Thanks for getting us on the show. I'm really excited for this chat. Um, but before we dive in, yeah, range in, in Melbourne – uh, so the new kind of tap room offshoot from the Queensland Brewery, uh, really cool, really nice. clean kind of uh, kind of nice vibe in the tap room there. Uh, I didn't try any of the beers; they were they were closed. I was just there for a chat, and but yeah, really keen to get back and uh, try some of the beer. What's their um, setup going to be like? Are they just going to be brewing the same core range plus a few tap room specials? They've never what? had they've never had a core range. Right. Famously never had a core range. Classic. <laughs> um, they always – they're, they're going to keep just doing random hazies. There. I think they want to get some, like one or two one-offs for the tap room, but right. – What I was sort of getting at, are they going to brew beers like totally independent of the Brisbane Brewery or are they going to do them – No, so there's no there's no brewery at this one. Right, it's just, okay. Just taps. Right. Uh, they might they, – they kind of are thinking about maybe, you know, one day changing that, but for now it's just taps. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, really cool. And just right, just right by Bodriggy there, nearby Fixation and Stomping Around. And just another addition to that little cluster. Yeah, it's pretty, pr- pretty yeah. good, good little spot for a beer. Cool. Um, but we're here to talk about uh, Casey, your your new, I guess, recently launched blendery and fermentary. Yeah, we are. Uh, oh, actually, Dave, before we do, anything you've been up to exciting? No. Okay. Not at all. Uh, no. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, so, Casey, um, I really, I really, uh, I don't know anything about uh, this this project other than what we talked about 
just before we started then. Um, so can you give us maybe a little bit of background on what this is and then we'll talk about how you got to do it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So this is, yeah, our little project, Sobra Mesa Fermentary and Blendery. It's just me and my fiance Hannah. Um, I've always wanted to do my own thing. Um, always, you know, even throughout brewing other people's beers and and winemaking, I've always wanted to launch our own little project. And yeah, so this gives us the space to explore farmhouse sales, um, local ingredients, kind of rustic traditions. Most of it goes through barrel fermentation or at least sees barrel aging. Um, yeah, some of it's mixed fermentation. A lot of it gets Britannomyces at one stage or the other. Um, but yeah, we, we launched in launched in May. That was when we first put our put our brew down. Um, and yeah, this is this is our first release called Our Daily Brett, which is yeah, a barrel fermented saison that's conditioned with Britannomyces. Um, I really like the label art. Uh, I've got a bottle here that I'm, I'm going to try and hold up to the camera. I don't think oh, I'm doing it. I'm doing a, such a bad job of this. There you go. All right. Uh, kind of illustrate. Illust- pull, pull back a tad. Hey, that's a bit better. Yeah, nice. Thanks for the direction there, Dave. Um, kind of illustrative, and uh, your logo uh, as well was kind of illustrative as well. Can you? Is that um, how it's going to look from here on out? And, and is that kind of the yeah. vibe? Yeah, it is. Yeah, kind of really minimalistic, black and white. Um, yeah, we, we're going to have each of our uh, beers that we will recreate is going to have a like a fine line drawing like that. So, yeah, this is blend one. And, yeah, I think this is definitely how how our branding, um, yeah, will continue. Yeah, we're going for that minimalist, yeah, black and white, um, yeah. Uh, and the first release that both of us are drinking now, I'm really enjoying it. The the nose is really good. Like Thank it, you. it smells like there's almost much older than May components in there. But is this all from that that first brew? Yeah, yeah. This is all from the first brew. Yeah, which went down. Um, yeah, on May the 23rd, and we barrel fermented. Um, which for a reason, I wanted to keep it on the lees. Um, to go through go through primary fermentation and rest on the yeast for four months because I really like the way that Chardonnay can show those textural, textural components from going through barrel fermentation. So we were trying to recreate a little bit of that. So what's your background? You've mentioned winemaking and brewing. Uh, take us back to, I guess, Casey before Sobra Mesa and, and what you were doing and how you got here. Yeah. So I've always... I've always grown up around around wine and grapes. My dad's a viticulturalist, so we spent every school holidays working on the vineyard. Um, I hated it back then, to be honest. <laughs> you know, wire lifting and bending over and bud rubbing and doing hard manual labour. So at that stage, I kind of never really thought that I would be in the wine or the beer industry. Um, Whereabouts was that? That was back in, in New Zealand and in uh, Blenheim, like top of the South Island, Marlborough, where all the all the Savion Blancs from. Re- regular listeners or, or listeners with a good memory would know I've talked about Blenheim as, or Marlborough in general as a place I've played rugby in uh, oh, no. in very, very cold times and being very undersized and just had so <laughs> many un- unpleasant memories of that place. Yeah. I've got similar. I've got similar memories. I'm not the largest. I'm not the largest bloke either. So, hitting hitting sixteen and everyone else hitting puberty for 
far earlier than I was was challenging to say the least. Yeah. But then Blenheim's also the home of eight wide, right? Uh, yeah, it is. Not anymore though. No. Renaissance still though. Spiritual home. Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> um so yeah, from from winemaking and Blenheim, which looking at your age, I'm gonna guess, you know, that was probably when Marlborough was taking off as a, a wine region. Yeah. Yeah. So so yeah, I spent yeah, like I was saying, spent the holidays in the vineyard, never really thought I would get into that and then I did a harvest back in 2013, just working on working in the winery, trying to trying to save some money to go to Thailand, um, and then absolutely fell in love with it. Fell in love with the process and fell in love with the beauty of the winemaking part of it, as opposed to lifting wires and leaf plucking. Um, and so I spent the next four years kind of hopping around, going to Germany and the States and. And Portugal uh, to do harvest. That was the kind of the beauty of trying to get two summers in one year. You could you could jump ship and get more experience. So I did that, and then I ended up studying studying enology uh, in EIT in Hawkes Bay before moving moving over to Melbourne um, and starting a job at Bad Shepherd, which I started there as as the assistant brewer and working in the bar and kind of like a hybrid shift. And then, yeah, slowly slowly started making my way up and brewing there um, and ended up brewing there for a couple of years with Derek and, and the crew there. So do you homebrew as well as winemaking at that point? I had I had been homebrewing um, a little bit. Not, I wouldn't, I haven't been homebrewing for 10 years or anything, but once I started getting the kind of itch for beer and, um, I definitely started homebrewing um, while we were here in Melbourne and while I was working at Bad Shepherd. Um, yeah, and then worked there for a couple of years. And then um, in December, like, when was that? That was 2018. Hannah and I moved to Canada, and I guess that's where I got a lot of my experience brewing these kind of beers. Um, worked at a small little mixed fermentation brewery there called Bar Hop was like a 200 liter system um so it was like a glorified homebrew setup and we had had 20 barrels and um yeah we made saison and a lot of barrel aging and fruit fermentation um and then yeah december just gone hannah and i moved back and yeah the plan was to start this up and yeah we've been spending spending this covid just planning and trying to get things together and and then, yeah, here we are with the with the first release. How did you go? Um, the gap between chasing vintages around the world to arriving in Cheltenham to uh, brew some beer. How how did that shift happen? Yeah, that was. So I really I missed the experimentation. Um, hence why I wanted to shift to brew and get the get the opportunity to brew more than once a year right see and the wineries that i was working at were, were pretty commercial so i never really got to experiment too much you know it was all kind of classic stainless steel chardonnay and pinot gris and uh, pinot noir so i yeah decided to to look for a brewing job and just started emailing everyone i could um and then yeah bad shepherd ended up having an opportunity there for, yeah, for an assistant brewer and kind of a hybrid bar role to, to then, yeah, that's how I, how I started commercially brewing. 
Why the jump to beer? Yeah, yeah. Like I was saying, I just, I just needed, needed more experimentation. Um, I'd always loved beer as well, and I thought, given, given I had a lot of the science background to begin with through winemaking, I thought it would be a pretty, a pretty straightforward transition. I mean, uh, the production is pretty different, but a lot of the science is similar. Um, and yeah, always, always loved beer. Um, yeah, so I thought I'd, thought I'd give it a go and. Yeah, here we are. Did you have that thought in mind while you were making wine? Did you were you, were you thinking um, like, gee, if I could like create something new every couple of weeks or whatever, rather than just being dictated to by the uh, the season? Is that what sort of like planted the seed in your mind? Hundred percent. Yeah, right. That was definitely it because I've always I've always loved fermentation. I think that's fermentation is the whole reason why I'm in winemaking or brewing. Um, I think that side of it and microbes fascinate me far more than the production process. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was the, it was the want and need to experiment and create different products in three weeks as opposed to, you know, one year, like you say, dictated, dictated by the season and, and by the winemaker. So then you've gone and done a beer that's taken May to what's that, eight months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess we've kind of gone full circle there, uh, but it is it is our experiment, you know, and um, yeah, it's definitely different to to what I was doing at Bad Shepherd. But um, and drinking this, you know, it, it's Britannomyces is kind of in the name, and uh, yeah. it's certainly a, a big character in the beer, which is a huge no-no for um you know winemaking it's kind of a well not a huge no-no but it's a certainly a controversial subject um and even in the the beers at bad shepherd Britannomyces i don't think features in any at all that i can remember um why that kind of focus with your first release because these are these are the styles of beer that i love to drink and like i was touching on before uh yeah fermentation just fascinates me and and microbes um yeah so these the hence why we were going with yeah a barrel fermented saison with with Britannomyces because these are the beers that I've always wanted to make but have never had the opportunity to apart from being in Canada um yeah I'm getting a coconut kind of note uh right into the mid palate on this one oh uh, yeah yeah um in a, in, a, in a really good way, and it might not be, I guess, coconut is the closest thing. I, I have had a reasonably spicy dinner and uh, a lot of garlic in there, but, um, yeah, so it's kind of right in the middle there. It's quite nice. Yeah, I can see that now. That I've just had a sip as well. Um, do you think that's coming from, from Britannomyces? Yeah, it could be, or, or, from the, or from the Saison, the Saison yeast that we used. Um, but, yeah, Brett can definitely create create some interesting aromas and flavors from something that wasn't there before. So what uh, is this beer? Uh, what's the makeup of it? And, and I guess, why did it take this long to, to get out? Uh, so yeah, all, most of the malt is from house of malt in Ballarat. So one of the main, one of the big things that we wanted to focus on was using local ingredients and Victorian ingredients as, as much as we can. I mean, the hops are SARS and Tetanang because um, it's pretty hard to get noble 
noble hops in Australia at the moment, but all the all the malt is Australian. Yeah, it's Pilsner, uh, wheat, flaked wheat, spelt, and rye. Yeah, and then the hops were Tetanang and Sars and a little bit of Magnum for bittering. Um, it took this long because, yeah, uh, this is that's beer and that's barrel and you know we did have we did have a couple of problems early on and um with temperature like ambient temperature in the warehouse the warehouse wasn't temperature controlled so i wouldn't say problem but things took a little bit longer than we expected um so we just had to ride it out i mean it took it took about two months to kind of get a stable gravity and then it took about it took another two months until we were happy with the complexity and the flavor and the aroma and um yeah I, we didn't we didn't start this 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 blendery to for timelines you know the whole the whole reason for this own for our own project was so that we could pump out what we want when when we want and when the beer dictates you know the beer dictates when it's ready um and then yeah bottle conditioning honestly i thought it was going to take four weeks as well again but that's the nature of these beers you can't really you can't really predict how they're going to operate in, in certain environments. So we had to wait it out and nervously wait it out um, with, you know, being being our first release. Um, yeah, was there temptation along the way or was there fear along the way that it was never going to... There was, yeah. I've got to be honest, there was. And I tried, I tried a bottle from every single uh, stack of our of our little crate which probably hurt our revenue but i had to be sure that you know it was ready and it was right and uh but yeah i guess that comes with comes with time and experience um so next time i won't be so concerned are you um so thinking of future releases are you going to be doing you know is this beer going to be one that you always do or it's going to change kind of every every release yeah so this beer for for for, uh, for now, this will be the only beer that we recreate. So this is blend one, and then we're scheduled to to do blend two um, in the next couple of weeks, and then and then the other beers will be what's in season with fruit and what's local, and we we do have another couple of beers ready actually at the, at the moment. Um, we've done like a a hoppy farmhouse ale we're calling it so we i really i really like the yeast kvike um and the kind of ester and aroma profile it can create from fermenting far hotter than any other yeast um so some of our barrel makeup yeah is kvike and that's that's a like a lightly dry hopped kind of um finished with brett again as well and brett was in the barrel but that's kind of our that's kind of our version, Sobdermess's version of a pale ale, I guess. I really like a hoppy farmhouse style. I think it's something that it's always kind of a little bit, well, there's a lot going on here, but then I can always drink a lot of it. Yeah. I'm um, thinking of like, you know, Duranka XX and um, Van Diemen did early and late, the yeah. the canned releases, and they were really lovely. So, how have you gone getting these these beers into into places? Are, are you kind of doing sales yourself? Yep. Yeah. So Han and I are doing sales. So yeah, we've just been driving 
driving around and I had a few had a few networks from being in the industry previously. Um, so yeah, we've been driving around, giving out samples, kind of telling our grassroots story in person and uh, we've been able to get it into a, to a few bottle shops so far, which we're really thrilled about. Is it nerve wracking going in and saying, here's my beer, please buy some? <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It's kind of weird, you know, you spend that, you spend that long uh, babying something and waiting for it to be ready and then and then going to sell it is like a whole other aspect of it. Uh, but, you know, I, we've, I found it, I found it much easier, you know, being being confident in the product and and you know waiting waiting that long um, until it was ready. So, yeah, but it has been it has been challenging. I've definitely had to had to talk more than than I usually do. Um, now the name uh, that I uh, I made a a bold attempt at saying at the start. Um, where does it come from? What's the what's the word? What does it mean? Yeah, so it's a it's a Spanish term, and it and it kind of comes from from Hannah and I's love for the way the the Spanish and and kind of Europeans in general treat food and wine. You know, I feel like it's a little bit different to to Western society. Um, and the name the name we took a kind of a cultural a cultural definition. So it's the sobre mesa is the time spent around the table after lunch or dinner. Um, where you digest and you talk and you savor the food and the drink and the friendship. So it's kind of like that, that time period after you've had drinks or dinner where you just keep chatting and you enjoy the, you enjoy the fact that you're together. And, um, and then the, there's a couple of definitions, like the, the literal meaning is over the table or dessert, depending, depending on where you are. But, our, our kind of spin on it was was that, and we kind of hope that these beers can evoke conversation in, in the same kind of way. What's the um, what's the Spanish link there? Is it just a love for Spain? Yeah, it is. Yeah, and and kind of we did we did a bit of travelling through through Argentina and and Mexico just before coming over here, and I guess it's yeah, it's just just paying homage to to the way that they. That they operate, and um, and the, I'm not Spanish by any means. I can speak a little. I can speak a little bit, but uh, yeah, that was we. And we really liked the the meaning when we kind of when we were over there, and you know the fact that waiters <clears throat> the waiters aren't allowed to you know come over to your table and ask you for your bill or or um, you know clear clear your dishes with without you know, you kind of approaching them because they don't want to interrupt the, the sobre mesa. It's kind of like a sacred thing. So that's, that's, that would be where the name came from. Um, do you plan to use winemaking as, as, you know, there's kind of obviously wine grape um, hybrid beers out there. Uh, I just went to the Cantillon event, which was all around wine and, and beer kind of intermingling. Uh, is that something you'd want to do? Yeah, 100%. It's definitely... That's definitely the angle that we want to go down, and we definitely want to make wine. Um, excuse me. Once once we have a once we have a license to do so in our own in our own kind of place, if, if everything goes well. Um, but yeah, that was why we why we decided to you know primary ferment this ferment this and age it on the leaves for four months in the barrel was to try and bring that kind of winemaking component from when I was making Chardonnay 
um, a few years ago. But yeah, that, that'll definitely be a focus focus later on. So when we're drinking this, um, yeah, the, the on the lees aspect, what are you, what are you sort of aiming for it to, to come across in the palate from that? So a lot of we definitely want like a yeasty component that like you can you can experience through like champagne, you know, mm. that kind of bready the breadiness. And also I feel that it picks up a textural component. Um, you know, that beer is completely dry. It finished at one point zero 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 zero, but I definitely think it's got a it's got a pretty good body on it. And I feel like Apart from the unmalted barley that we use in the mash, I think some of that comes from aging on a yeast for, for four months. Yeah, if I'm to sort of talk through my experience drinking it, it was probably a, a touch warm. Um, it didn't have as long as the fridge, in the fridge as I would have liked, but there is a kind of a palate weight in there um, and, a, and a nice kind of really nice carbonation that's kind of, you can kind of see sticking around um, as I drink it. So it's kind of, yeah, it's... It added, there's a there's a nice sort of textural experience, um, even with that that super dryness. Is that yeah. Dave? Is that something you're finding? Absolutely. Um, I've got my I had mine in the fridge for quite a while, so um, I didn't have the warmth issue. But it's definitely got um, that level of palate weight. That's I mean, I was surprised to hear it was one point zero 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 zero. It finishes real dry, but um, yeah, it's definitely got some body to it. It's it's uh, spritzy and great great character i'm really enjoying it thank you i um i find kind of brett heavy beers quite confronting these days as well um the mayday series from bridge road i i I love bridge road and i love i love what they're doing with that series but a lot of those just kind of get too heavy on my palate with that that intense brett um and my first kind of taste of this i thought that might have been the case with this but i think that palate weight kind of helps mellow it out um a lot for me as well which is yeah it's lovely the other yeast does too i think yeah rather than like a hundred percent yeah awesome um so what are the other yeasts in there you said it was four other strains or something did i read that yeah so we've got this this was a blend of of two barrels uh one of the barrels had five so we we use we use all commercial uh yeast strains i mean um, further down the track, we definitely want to look at, you know, maybe having a little cool ship or isolating. But for now, that's something that um, we're not really focusing on. Yeah, so we've we've just grown up uh, homebrew pitches. So we use five six six, which is a Belgian saison strain that that went in one of the barrels, and then the other the other barrel had a yeast bay blend, like a saison blend, isolated from Brussels, and then. The barrel number two, which is the majority of the blend, went through primary fermentation with Brett Brux. And then barrel number three, we pitched the Lambicus, Brett Lambicus in about three weeks after primary to try and get like a, we're just trying to test test what we like if if we prefer the Brett character and, and primary fermentation or, or co-fermentation. Um, and so this was... Yeah, this was a blend. Barrel two um, was kind of classic saison um, with a little bit of bread, and then that was sixty nine percent of the blend. And then barrel number three was was pretty bread heavy um, from the lambicus and kind of like that cherry pie, and it was pretty gritty. 
so that's I feel like that brings a lot of the a lot of the barnyardy kind of horse blanket mustiness in the background, which is yeah, which is what we were what we were going for in the in the initial stages. So right now you're um, brewing elsewhere. You don't have your own own setup. It's um, bleeding and fermenting. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah. So that's correct. Yeah. So we're fortunately enough we're we're brewing at Bad Shepherd. Um, we're using their using their brew house to to brew all our wort and got a good still got a good relationship with Derek. Um, so I'm able to come in and brew on a Sunday when they're not in operation. Um, and bring all our own ingredients and which is good to so i don't have to learn another brew house straight off the bat and i'm kind of comfortable with that one and then we're leasing a a small little corner i would call it um in their existing packaging warehouse where all our barrels are we've got about 12 barrels there um and mixed mixed format and a little gravity gravity bottling machine and a plastic ibc that we that we do some of our primary fermentation in so uh, any concerns because they're they're relatively clean as a brewery any concerns bringing brett heavy things into the into the packaging area um, i'm i'm cautious i'm cautious that's for sure uh everything's everything's closed in in that warehouse you know everything's either in keg or bottle and um everything post post the heat exchanger hot side is all our own equipment gaskets hoses so there's kind of Nothing, nothing that's deemed infected goes near their brewery. It, it either gets inoculated in the packaging warehouse, or we, or we kind of deal with it over there. So we're pretty, we're pretty cautious, though. We definitely, I definitely understand the risk. <laughs> I feel like these days, though, there is kind of people. I don't know, even five, maybe ten years ago, people were like terrified of it, even opening a a yeah. bottle near, you yeah. know, a clean kit. And these days. I feel like everyone's kind of worked out that it's probably going to be okay if your practices are okay. Yeah, I think I think so too. I think there's, I think there's the wrong, the wrong stigma about them. But I do under I do understand that as a, as a brewery that makes lager, or you know pale ales predominantly, that you just you know it's probably easier to open the bottle outside than pump another variable into the. <laughs> yeah. into the there's enough yeast in the air already to, to bring yeah. another thing in. Yeah, exactly. Um, so let's talk about long term. You mentioned making wine. Um, you've called this a, a blendery and fermentary, which opens it up to a lot of possibilities. Um, you know, where do you see yourself in say one year to to then five, ten years? Yeah, yeah. So the that was the reason why we called it blendery and fermentary was so that you know, we can make more than beer. I mean, I, I really like fermenting food at home as well. So, you know, kimchi, kind of lacto carrots and, and like you said, wine. would love to make cider down the track. Um, so one, one year from now, I mean, we'll see, we'll see how, how things are going. But, I, you know, I hope that we're making continuous beer out of out of our small little space and maybe by the end of next year you know we can have at least our little a little tap room somewhere that we can house our house our barrels and our tanks i mean at this stage i don't think we'll own a brewery um purely because of capital (laughs) um and 
and the nature, the, you know, the nature of these beers, our focus isn't so much on the brewing component. It's it's more post that. It's about fermentation, and um, I feel like if, you know we can we can make our recipe on on an existing brew brew house as long as they're okay. And then yeah, five years, you know, yeah, I hope that I hope that we have a tap room and we're making our own wine and we're making our own cider and and we can we can house people and you know pour pour our beer to to our own consumers and convey our story and i'd be i'd be super happy if if that would happen in in the next five years and have you got a um uh, like an area that you want to uh put down your your stakes and yeah we re- i really like i really like north kit sure and and that kind of area i mean yeah, i understand yeah. and, even further north, it'd be good too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> over your way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sorry, Dave. Just round, just by jam sheet and three ravens and moon dog would be perfect uh, for you, right? I mean, it's a burgeoning little uh, sector of um, excellent uh, beverage consumption. So, I mean, <laughs> you'd be silly not to. Yeah, um, yeah. So somewhere, somewhere over that side. I mean. I know the I know the wrench pretty high over that side, but given given our size, I'm sure we could fit into a little a little nook and cranny and kind of kind of make it our own. Um, but we're pretty we're pretty open. I mean, it'll definitely be in in Melbourne and somewhere somewhere not too far out. I think when Hannah and I, my partner, have, have talked about it, it's you know we can yeah, like I said, given the size, we can we can kind of pay for somewhere with a little bit more foot traffic and going on and, and try and like, you know, get into, get into that bar kind of area as opposed to having to go full industrial um, with the need for a massive space. Especially like um, if you look at that Northcote Collingwood sort of, that, that sort of areas, the network of um, like businesses, they all talk about each other. So it's not only the foot traffic, it's also that network where people, if, you, if they're going somewhere around you, they'll hear about you too. Yeah. Is it kind of nice coming into the market now and, and looking at places, uh, you know, Wildflower, um, or, or places that don't have a brew house, but even ones that do, the, the Wildflower, La Sirene, Dollar Bill, uh, you know, I've, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like it's probably somewhat easier to, to then come into the space now with the preconceptions. Do you, do you feel that as someone coming into the market? I do, yeah. I think I think those those players, Lacerine, Dollar Bill, Wildflower, Molly Rose, um, they've all kind of paved a way of of what you know saison in Australia and farmhouse ale is, and kind of gained a gained some form of trust with with the Australian beer community. I, I feel I feel before that it wasn't so common to um, drink a drink a saison and drink these kind of beers and so I do I feel I feel lucky that you know these these great breweries have have already started from what from what I believe is a little a mini mini revolution to bring these beers back yeah it's crazy thinking about it and uh, I will have to apologize to all the other breweries that I know and love that that are doing similar beers um that yeah you know blobfish last year uh, was a real kind of awakening moment for for me, Dave. Did you go to Blobfish? Make it, but like 
the buzz around it and the conversation and stuff, it really seemed like, yeah, the foundations of the niche, the super niche festival that's mm. got real support. Yeah. Did you go, Casey? No, I didn't, unfortunately. Yeah, it was it was interesting because it did feel like, oh wow, you can bring this, you know, all these esoteric versions of of beer. None of them, you know, there was maybe one beer that you would call conventional, which was the Blobfish Lager they did for it, and everything else was, you know, starting at a fairly basic clean saison right up to, you know, seven year old wild ferment stuff and drawing a crowd it was you know it, it, that kind of gave me hope for for people like yourself coming in and wanting to sort of uh, be part of that which is kind of cool yeah i think it's amazing what you know hop nation and, and site fermentation project did there was because yeah we were in canada at the time so unfortunately we weren't able to attend but um yeah it's amazing to see the you know australia's first sour festival you know only and you know, well, not only sour, but you know those those kind of beers, saison farmhouse ale, because that definitely didn't exist before. And um, and they're you know they're also making some amazing stuff and amazing wines through site wine. Um, but yeah, I think that was a that was a bit of a milestone for for the community. Um, yeah, like you know, like myself who are coming into it, it was great to great to see that. Are you also one of them being a Kiwi winemaker, and both of them making wine in New Zealand? Are you kind of like, oh yeah, you could do this. Yeah, I can fit in, yeah. <laughs> I can come and come and give it a solid crack. Um, I'm also uh, now just kind of spending more time with this beer, getting a little bit of pineapple in there as well, which I think I get from Brett Owl in the past. Uh, yeah, which is uh, real, real lovely. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, we definitely get we definitely get apricot, you know, and peach. We definitely get orange skin, and I think as it as you say, as it warms up, it definitely develops and I feel kind of fades away from the from the mustiness and you kind of get more of those stone fruit fruit characters. Uh, so your next release is what do we what do you have a time frame for them or it's just when it happens? Yeah, so we do we do have a have a couple of beers ready. Um, we're doing we're doing a collab with uh, Common Folk Coffee Company. Ooh. Yeah, so that was the same base, the same barrel fermented Brett Saison, but we aged it on freshly roasted whole Ugandan coffee beans um, at the ratio, which is pretty interesting. At the ratio of like 20 grams per litre, we let that sit for about 72 hours and we were trying to do something different. So I'll give, I'll give them a little spiel because I, I feel like they're doing some amazing things for fair trade and... Um, so there, Zakukabora is the is the coffee company um, that they that they fund through every cup of coffee bought at Common Folk. Twenty cents of that goes to supporting farmers in Uganda and um, you know local farmers that they work with. So the coffee was called the Unicorn because it had never existed before. Uh, like Ugandan coffee was pretty was pretty straight up and down. Um, and through this funding, they were able to experiment, and so they so they do this kind of this crazy uh, natural fermentation where each individual coffee bean it's like carbonic maceration of a grape. Each individual coffee bean goes through its in, individual fermentation within the cherry for for three or four weeks, um, and then they naturally dry it and process it, and so 
we, you know, we were going back and forth about which coffee to use and I haven't had too many beers that are like blonde base or like a Saison base. It's usually porters or stouts and it's usually cold brew or, or ground coffee. So I was like, oh, well, so this, this beer will be called the Unicorn, the same as the, same as the beans. Um, and, yeah, it was, was the barrel fermented Saison, same base, but, yeah, it's a small batch. It was only 50 litres. Um, but that's pretty. That's pretty interesting. Uh, we're pretty. We're pretty excited about that. It picked up like a kind of an orange skin contact wine from the skin of the beans, and mm. pretty pretty cool um, marriage between coffee and coffee and saison. I think they. A couple of things you've you've mentioned there. That I want to pick up, and I've just brought up their website, um, commonfolkcoffee.com.au for people playing at home. Uh, a lot of hip hop references in there. Right, yeah, um, and not obvious hip hop references, which is kind of nice to see. It's not like they're doing Biggie Smalls, Big Espresso. It's uh, you know, there's a De La Soul reference in there, and a Next Worries, which is pretty nice. Um, a really lovely website as well. They've got a really, yeah. a really fun vibe. Like it's yeah, so they're they're super cool. They're out in Mornington, and um, yeah, really, really nice people. Kind of young, young owners that that Hannah and I look up to. Um, and so yeah, we're doing we're doing a collab with them, and if I can get this website sorted, um, it'll be hopefully on the weekend. Hopefully on the weekend, we'll be we'll be close to releasing that beer. We're gonna do it was only fifty bottles, so we're gonna do a, like an online exclusive between twenty five will sell from our online store and twenty five on theirs. Cool. Um, and just kind of bypass. bypass Did you say bottle. that um, Bean was developed? as a direct result of the work that they've been doing with the producers? Yeah, the, the whole the whole company is. That's amazing. Yeah, it's incredible. They, uh, they're, they're quite inspiring. Um, and so... But what are, like, direct, tangible, like, benefit and results yeah. in your hard work come to? That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, think, I think so too. I think it's... Yeah, they're doing... They're doing great things for, like I said, fair trade and, and giving back to to the farmers where, you know, it's been a pretty exploited industry for a long time from, from what I gather. I mean, I'm no expert, but looking in from the outside, you know, the beans are pretty much stripped away from a lot of people and the middleman makes a lot of the money. Um, yeah, so that's that's cool. Yeah, like, like anyone, you know, the coffee is great as well, so check them out they got a cool little space i'm just i think just, i first encountered them where they did a collaboration with um mornington peninsula brewery with a uh, coffee brown ale and that was like awesome so that was the first entrance uh to me anyway so um it's it's one of those names that i know from around the coffee world but you know i, I kind of pay, half pay attention but don't pay heaps of attention um and so yeah i'm, I'm really keen to check them out further now yeah um, do you yeah. know if they they're stocked in Melbourne at all anywhere? I don't I don't know that specifically, but I'd be I'd be pretty surprised if if they weren't. Yeah, uh, I'm sure they I can. have a pretty, they have a pretty good online presence, so I'm sure you can get most of their coffee delivered to Melbourne as well. And they're coming up with with brand new releases with with hilarious names a lot of the time. Um, the lizard. Thinking of. Um, you know, blonde beer or, or pale beer and coffee. Uh, someone was talking about that kind of concept online recently and my mind immediately went to Mountain Goat did a, 
was with Seven Seeds, their IPA, they did the Thorny Goat, something like that. Oh, one of them. Um, and that was an IPA on, I think it was Cold Brew, but that might have been circa 2013, 2014. And it was still one of my favourite beers ever released in Australia. But then the next year they went back to doing a porter or a stout with the coffee beans. Um, and I just remember that when that happened, I felt so let down. Like <laughs> you're doing so, so, so it was so unique at the time. Uh, but the, years ago, that um, what was that festival that they put on at Three Ravens? The coffee, uh, uh, not not uppers and downers. Um, the, the the local version of that, whatever yeah. that was. I can't remember the title of it, but um, sorry, Brendan. Those pale beer, uh, no sleep, no, no, nothing like that. Um, uh, yeah, the pale beers were definitely the like the most interesting and sort of compelling, um, compelling offerings from that festival, as far as I was concerned. Anyway, so I'm super keen for this one. Yeah, cool, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that it's really interesting. You know, it's not a dominant base at all, so there's a lot of there's a lot of room to play, and um, I think initially, initially the coffee aroma was too aggressive, um, so we waited it out. You know, so that's been that's been sitting in, in bottle for about eight weeks now. Um, but yeah, we're we're super excited about that. Um, and then, like I was saying before, we um, yeah we've got a little hoppy farmhouse ale that's in little three seventy five mil like half champagne bottles that we we kind of want to make wanted to make a, an offering that was a bit more accessible to drink. You know, you don't have to feel like you have to pop a 750. Um, although feel free <laughs> as we, as we all are tonight. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's somewhat indulgent for a Monday night. Yeah, for sure. But like this kind of beer in particular, like I don't want just 375 for all of this. I want a good top up afterwards. Cause it's, I don't know. It's really good. Yeah. Thank you. appreciate that. Um, the Three Ravens Festival, I pulled up an article on Broadsheet, which I wrote, I realised, uh, to get the name of it, uh, On the Bend, On the Mend. That's right. <laughs> uh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good time, that one. And that was that same, you know, you talking about, you know, the, the natural processed coffee and um, the flavours and, and that's what that, that festival was all about. And that was um, a shame that I don't think they brought it back. They brought it back in a different way. Let's have a word with the with the young man Brendan about that. Um, yeah, that was. I think I don't think it was a directive, but I think there was like a, a keen suggestion to think outside the box with these coffee, like incorporate. Yeah, cool. um, yeah it was cool. It was good. Do do something different, and yeah, I guess that's where the yeah where the blonde the blonde beer comes in because it's definitely not the first the first thing to mind when you when you think of a coffee beer. You naturally gravitate towards the dark mold. I like that you're selling it on their their website as well. That's kind of a fun, um, you know. Your collaborations seem to be somewhat one sided sometimes. So, yeah, selling it in both makes it you know opens it up to a new audience. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and they're it's nice. They're they're as they're as excited as we are, which is cool for for a, a company of their caliber. You know that he's Sam. Um, is all about experimentation and I think he's been kind of waiting to do do something a little bit different and outside the box as opposed it to... It feels like, if, like for their customer base, seeing that product, you'd go, what is this? I, yeah. I have this, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's someone that probably wouldn't encounter you um, if, if not for that. No, exactly. Yeah, so we're pretty, 
we're pretty psyched to to be collabing with them and you know be able to reach a, a wider audience for for such a small wee wee label like us um and then yeah we're the the hoppy farmhouse hour will kind of follow follow pretty soon after that and that was that was kvike um we we went through open fermentation because we wanted to try and get as many esters as we could and then that went into barrel uh with brett for a couple months um and then we've pulled it out and dry hopped it with galaxy at like two grams per liter so pretty pretty restrained um and yeah that'll be that'll be like our hoppy kind of summer summer release that'll be in in 375s uh so where about can people get your beer at the moment at the moment um carwin sellers uh when i drop it off <laughs> this week yeah they only just ordered so carwin otter's promise it's there right now uh hop shop in frankston uh grape and grain uh mr west and wine republic wine republic yeah thank you for going and grabbing that um Wine Republic, Northcote, and Windsor, um, and then we're looking we're looking to get in a few more independent retailers. Um, but we'll also be launching yeah launching an online store, hopefully mid this week, but at least at least by the end of the week, um, yeah, which will be which will which we'll have going um, throughout all our releases. We'll always sell a portion online. So that so that people can you know get direct access if they don't want to go to the bottle shop or or if they're if they're outside of Victoria because I can't see I can't see any of our product going outside Victoria to bottle shops or anything right now just due to due to the due to the limitations and and we want to kind of look after our own at the moment. Um, the website will be once it's all set up. What's it going to be? It will be. So I did fix that after. Okay, <laughs> I wasn't sure if you had or not, so <laughs> I was leaving it open. Yeah, so it's it, it will be www.sobremesa, which is s o b r e m e s a beer dot com, and at the moment it's just up there with a newsletter sign up. Uh, I hope it is. I checked it before, but um, yep. I just signed up. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. It'll be there with a little sign up, and then yeah, that'll be that'll be live live later this week, and we'll be able to pretty much deliver anywhere hopefully within Australia. Excellent. Um, outside of beer, what have you got on for the summertime? Are you working, relaxing, coming out of uh, lockdown? Yeah, and I guess we'll be we'll be enjoying a bit more now that we've had all these ease restrictions. Um, yeah, we'll be we'll be working. I mean, both Hannah and I are working are working full time while we're doing this, just because we yeah we can't can't receive any revenue yet. You know, we just got to let it let it grow and and see how things go. Um, want to get to want to get to some gigs when they finally open. I think that's that's something I've missed dearly during COVID is going and seeing live music. Um, and then, and then the general the general Christmas thing. Got my sister coming down from Darwin, so we'll we'll hang out and have a bit of family time. What about you? We're heading to wineries over Christmas. Nice. Um, just before Christmas, we're going to Rutherglen, and then King Valley, a couple of days in each. And we just basically looked at that area and and picked some nice accommodation, and then worked out what was around that. Uh, really looking forward to that. Really keen to see some live music again. 
yeah. as well. I'm um. Come on, I keep getting emails from venues that are starting to spruik some dates. So uh, well, you can we can get get on the dance floor again, can't we? So I think we can. That took side. You're not allowed to grind, so you'll have to put that one uh, in the back pocket. <laughs> well, the, the, last, slide, yeah. the last venue gig I went to that wasn't a festival was I'm still recovering concussion-wise. Oh, yeah. so. your, your concussion would have been illegal, so that's annoying. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, uh, which gig was that? Uh, that was Comeback Kids' 20th anniversary, so a, a pretty hardcore punk show. Nice. Where, uh, Look, the person that elbowed me, I, can't, I don't know if it was them or the person with them. I didn't quite see because I was too busy getting elbowed in the head. Um, but they had a Temple Brewing t-shirt on. So if you're not out there... That's a very small <laughs> cranium that they struck you as well. Sorry? No, it was not in the temple. It was in the side, right by the ear there. Um, still getting headaches from that. So uh, shout out to Temple Brewing for, for kind of ruining a big chunk of my year. <laughs> Uh, you won't you won't forget that gig though. After this year, you're blaming Temple. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Part of me is like, I've had a head, in, head injury right at the start of COVID. Am I dreaming COVID? Am I going to wake up and be like, oh right, the the world's still normal? <laughs> um, Dave, what about you? Now, uh, now we're here. Classic standard um, family Christmas going to be happening. Um, but I did have a couple of questions before we go. Firstly, have you got um, a, any existing relationships with vineyards to get grapes from, or is that something you're going to be working on in the future? Yeah, that'll be something we're, we're working on. Yeah, for cool. sure. Cool, cool. And the last one is uh, Emma Fittick going to be doing all the artwork, or is this just like the vibe of what you think it's going to be? I think I think she will be. Yeah, I think she will be. We'll be doing the artwork for, like I was saying earlier, all the beers that we recreate more than once. We'll we'll have an artwork, um, and so I think, yeah, I think she will. She's she's already drawn another one for us, and we're really happy happy with it. Just kind of a crazy coincidence how that came around as well. She was she was selling fine line drawings on Facebook Marketplace to make money during COVID, um, and we bought some off her, and then approached her about doing label artwork and. And she she drew that up, so we were that's fantastic because they are because the, the labels are like striking on the shelf, like they really stand out. So um, for a um, for a like fine line drawings that's quite um, minimalistic, it's uh, it, it works. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, she's 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 done a great job, and we've got a we've got a close friend of ours, River, who's who's doing the kind of graphic design component. Um, like putting putting the labels together after she's given us a drawing. Um, so who yeah. was who was the artist again? Can we do they have a, a presence we can shout out? Uh, honestly, I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Emma Fittick. I'm not sure if if this is like, um, you know, a thing that she that she does normally. But I'll definitely I'll definitely get in touch with her and and see if she has some form of Instagram. Yeah, yeah. What? Uh, several uh, several creative Emma Fittics. So I'll <laughs> to, uh, yeah, straight away. Oh, I can uh, mention it in the intro uh, when I rec- pre-record that. If you get it to me, I don't know, sometime between now and next Monday, probably at this yeah. point. Um, yeah, sounds good. I'll um, yeah, I'll have a chat to her and see if we can we can point some some business in her direction. Yeah, because I think she's done a fantastic job and. Kind of took 
what what we thought we didn't really touch on that but i'm not sure if, if you could tell but it's like a play on words for our daily bread because this is with the bible being there because this is this is a beer that you know we, i could drink it all day every day and it was it was meant to be that you know our daily our daily brit and obviously because we, we put brit in it sure i mean every other um every other brett saison or similar beers at the moment are sort of like over seven percent uh or in that's that sort of ball like ballpark but having one like 5.4 percent really dry really like popping on the um flavor profile it's great hmm. yeah. um well i think now's a pretty good time to wrap up um Casey, we've mentioned where the website is. What's the social media? Yeah, so Facebook and Instagram is, is both Sobremesa Beer. So, yeah, S-O-B-R-E-M-E-S-A and then Beer. So it'll be the same the same as the website. Awesome. Uh, and, yeah, thanks thanks so much for having us. We're, yeah, we feel pretty honoured and privileged that, that you guys contacted us and it's been good to catch up. So, yeah, we appreciate that. Uh, coming right in our wheelhouse, so um, you were bound to get a get a shout out sooner or later. <laughs> um, Dave, people will want to find you uh, at Mel Dave on Twitter, Dave at Alivertime dot com. If you want to send me an email, and Luke at Alivertime dot com, Alivertime dot com for everything else. Uh, I've got a story coming up about Zimiji in Broadsheet this week, I think. Uh, so check that out for some Hop Nation news i'm working on a couple of other things but we're finally recording the hypothetical institute about the monoliths uh so if you want to find out all the conspiracies and stories behind the mysterious monoliths around the world uh we'll have them for you uh sometime this week sorry is it solved is it dave well, I guess we've got to tune in to find out, yeah. Don't, don't blow up our podcast before we record it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you heard when that artist claimed and shared the plans and all that sort of stuff? Oh, wow. I mean, I've uncovered um, some other guy that's got a different theory altogether, so. That's the one I want to find. Stay tuned. Okay. <laughs> uh, thanks, everyone, for joining along, and we'll be back. Um, oh, shit, we should plug yeah, the live show. Yes. which we haven't really planned just because of COVID and everything. But we have a date, we have a venue. We've got a date um, next Monday. If you're in Melbourne, uh, that's Monday the 14th. I should try and get this out well before then. Uh, we will be live at the Catfish. There'll be 45 tickets only because um, of COVID restrictions. So we'll put up a – it's going to be free. Uh, we want to give some, the Catfish some money. Uh, so we're not going to, like, you know, pay us and we'll drive over the bar. Just – Go there, buy beers from Catfish. Huge too, so that is a sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll try and get some giveaways and some freebies while we're there as well. Um, this has just been planned on the fly today. It's just we want to do an end-of-year thing. We're going to have Ian McNally and Nick from the um, Have a Beer Guest of the Year, Nick Capper. Uh, so they're going to do doing that. And we're going to have Tiff and Lindsay and me and Dave just doing something. We haven't worked out what that is yet, but going to be a good time oh yeah we haven't planned anything but for sure good time, so. <laughs> um i mean yeah yeah last year was a great time there'll be less sharing of lambic from spanish porons uh sure. under covid yeah. restrictions but i'm sure we'll find some fun uh awesome thanks so much casey it's been a pleasure and uh yeah cheers everyone <laughs> <laughs>